You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You love the Reds. We love the Reds. My mother's dog loves the Reds. That's why we bring you the Reds Hot Stove League, tonight at 6 on 700 WLW. Chicken dinner winner. The home of the Cincinnati Reds. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League, and we are live, as always, from the Holy Grail Banks, and we're presented by Budweiser and UDF with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thraw. Great to be with you today, and uh, certainly a lot of exciting news to talk about. Of course, the Reds this week signed Nick Castellanos to a very big deal. We're very excited to have him. We'll be talking about that, uh, and we are pleased to be joined by the guy that has really uh, been, been one of the ones that has helped put this whole team together over the last few years. Uh, the president of baseball operations, Dick Williams. And Dick, thanks so much for stopping by today and, and joining us. And I know certainly an exciting time for you, for the organization. And uh, I, I think you and Nick Kroll deserve a lot of credit for, for the team you guys have assembled to create this uh, excitement that, that surrounds this team heading into the 2020 season. And, and you guys have to feel pretty good about what you've been able to do so far. Now it's just up to the team to go out and win. Yeah, we are really excited. You know, it's, it's, it's really a war room full of guys up there that have been working since the end of the season. Putting that board up, all those free agents, all those trade possibilities. Uh, Nick and I do a lot of the dialing, um, uh, but, but Jeff Groppy and Sam Grossman and Rob Coughlin, it, it takes a village to make all these calls. Um, we put our notes in uh, the computer every day, every call, and we're all reading each other's feedback, each other's notes, and you just keep pivoting. You know, you keep you look at that board, you go one direction, you try to make something happen. Um, if you don't get any traction, you got to go in another direction. So we're 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 working on multiple fronts um, all off season, and it's just so gratifying when it comes together. You know, for every one of these deals we've made. I can promise you there were two or three others that, uh, you know, that we worked through um, all the way to the end and didn't get across the finish line. But the way, it, the, the way it's falling together for us is, is really making us excited, really feeling good about it. And that's the benefit of laying that board out in advance and, and being ready to, uh, to be reactive to the market. Um, I credit ownership for stepping up big this offseason and being there for us to make these deals happen. Each time we've come to Bob, um, he's been right there with us on board. In fact, he, he's just as aggressive, more aggressive than any of us. <laughs> he's pushing us to get those deals done. He really wants to see this team do well, and so do we. So, um, you know, yeah, we feel good about where we are. Have you had any feedback from the uh, players that are already on the squad about uh, happiness of the upgrades you've made? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't solicit a lot of opinions or interact with a lot of players over, over um, text just because, you know, there's so much happening in the offseason. Um, they, they more have been texting each other with a lot of excitement. David's been getting good I mean, feedback. And you're not on these group texts? Not always because <laughs> oh, okay. they're probably talking about me very poorly half the time, so they keep me out of there. But I did happen to text with Kurt Casale about some things uh, yesterday. He played with Nick in the minor leagues. Um, oh my God, he was so pumped. He he just he was like, "What you guys have done this off season, it's awesome." His comment was, "We got it from here, you know, the players. We got it." Um, he and in fact, he had just caught Sonny Gray in a bullpen and, and was saying really good things about how um, Sonny looked. Sonny just started ramping up when we were down there with the, with him in the caravan. Right. Um, so he had good things to say about where Sonny is. Uh, you see guys post on 
Twitter. You see their excitement there too. You know, uh, guys like Amir and Tucker who participate in social media, talking about how how ready they are to get the season going. Lorenzen. Um, so we're we're feeling it from the players, and 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 I, I'm really happy for them. You know, we just we just want to give them more resources to get the job done. A lot of people are talking about obviously the the surplus now of outfielders that you guys have at your disposal. So the question that I have is. How do, you, how do you work that in? I mean, what's, the, what's that look like as far as are you playing strictly left-handed, right-handed matchups, or do you have the luxury now, say this guy's got a big curveball and somebody hits the breaking ball really well? It, it, how, do, how do the matchups play out now? And, uh, it, or is it just simply we've got our three we're going to go with pretty much on a daily basis and fill in the other pieces as they're needed? Well, the, the best teams the last few years have had the most flexibility in their lineup and in their – defensive roster i mean you've seen what the cubs have done over the last few years a lot of guys that can go from the infield to the outfield move around the diamond um the best teams have also had the most depth uh the new york yankees don't get where they got last year without having a tremendous amount of depth to to survive april and may and the injuries that they sustain and so this is all about making sure we have quality players and we have lines of defense um you know gino suarez had something happen uh, had surgery this week you know, you should be okay, but, but those types of things can pop up at any time, and you have to be prepared to, to handle those situations. The game is being managed differently, so we have a lot of outfielders. David will and has shown an ability to be aggressive in-game, you know, making changes when, when the opposition makes changes, and so we do match up more. We do have players that are better defensively that you'll see in close uh, situations when we're trying to hold a lead. You'll, you'll see the more offensive-minded players when we're trying to uh, catch up from behind. Um, it'll give David a lot of opportunities to, to really be creative. The Castellanos deal is interesting in that um, it has some opt-outs in it after the first year and second year, I believe. Uh, and that's, you know, can be good news, bad news. could be really good news. If he opts out, that means he has a tremendous year and it tremendously helps you guys. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. If you sign Ozuna, you have to give up a draft pick. Castellanos, if you, if he would opt out, you give him a qualifying offer, and he declines it, you get a draft pick. Was the opt out the final piece of the puzzle that you had to give him that to get the deal done? Well, it was the opt out was really um, something they were set on from the beginning, and so pretty much all the negotiations had the opt out ba- baked in. Um, and so we knew that going in. We were very comfortable with it in this particular situation uh, because of the salaries we were able to get on Nick. We think that when he gets here and s- succeeds, you know, there's a very good chance we keep him around. This is an attractive contract, and, and hopefully it works for both sides. Uh, but if it doesn't, we have the protection, like you said. We end yeah. up getting a draft pick. We also have that money to go out and reallocate. Because we have a depth of outfielders, you know, if he were to opt out, Aquino's a year for, further developed, Senzel's a year further developed, Winker's a year for, further developed, we have Akiyama. You know, you, you still have depth there. You may decide that money goes back into the infield or it goes right. into the pitching. So uh, that, that wouldn't be, you know, that'd be a situation we'd be prepared for. But our hope is that we're signing this guy um, and we see him in a Reds uniform for the next couple of years and he likes being here. I don't want to labor on the opt-outs too much but I guess uh, to get a little bit more of an understanding on why those things exist is that more uh, w- uh, talking with Nick it sounds like one of the big reasons he came here is not just I mean, obviously the ballpark's appealing to a player like him but 
it's it more to do with the fact that this team's ready to win right now. Are there guys out there, and is this one of those situations where maybe the winning is, is the big genesis behind that? Hey, maybe the team doesn't perform, but if they do, that then he wants to stick around. Is that where, where I guess, what's is it more yeah. monetary or performance? I, th- I think guys, a lot of these guys are driven by wanting to be part of a winning team, and I, that's what I'm hoping is that he right. comes here, has a good experience, experiences success, and then he says, okay, this is a pretty fair deal. Right. You know, I could get a few million more, but why mess with a good thing? And and so we want that good thing to happen for him. You know, what I was really pleasantly surprised by was how genuinely he expressed to me how strongly he felt about this being his first choice. Yeah. And and you don't really get that in the negotiation because the agent isn't going to tip that hand. He isn't going to say, man, Nick's all over me because you guys are his first choice. He's got to have you. He really wants to have you. But Nick made that clear in our conversations when we had dinner the other night that all along he had targeted us and really been pushing Scott because of what he saw from us last year and what we'd done so far this offseason. I feel like that's not the first time you've heard that this offseason either. I want to get into that a little bit more as we go along. Uh, This is the Reds Hot Stove League, and we are live at the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. We're visiting with the Reds president of baseball operations, Dick Williams. More with him when we return from the Holy Grail Banks on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League. We are live from the Holy Grail Banks. And as always, we're presented by Budweiser and UDF. Jim Day, I'm Tommy Thrall, and we are pleased to be joined with Reds president of baseball operations, Dick Williams, who has uh, helped really orchestrate all the offseason moves that have been made. And in, in, in the process, you were talking about how Nick Castellanos was, was telling you guys at dinner the other night that uh, he kind of circled the Reds. That was, that was his offseason target. He was one of your offseason targets. Cincinnati was one of the places he wanted to go. How different has it been this offseason when you're going out talking to some of these players and, and you're realizing that this is not a unique thing now, this offseason, that guys want to come to Cincinnati? Uh, it's been great. You know, we've been... We've been setting ourselves up to, to be in this window and have this opportunity and to have the resources to go aggressively make these kind of deals. So for, to see it come together and to, and to be picking between really good players to come here has been a really good situation to be in. I know Moustakis said the same thing. You know, he, he's also represented by Scott Boris, and, and he had us uh, as his top target to come to. Um, you find this out after you get him signed and bring him in. I'm sure Scott at the beginning of the offseason was like, all right, I got Nick and I got Mike, and they both want to go to Cincinnati. <laughs> Uh-oh. You know, oh, God, I got to call Dick. Um, <clears throat> but it worked out well. You know, there was mutual interest there. Um, it's, a, it's a much different process you go through. Remember the last few offseasons, how patient we had to be? Mm-hmm. We kept preaching to you guys how important it was to wait until January, February, and let those deals fall into your lap. This, this had a lot more aggressive feeling to it where we were being the more proactive suitor, and you saw those deals uh, come off the board earlier. You can never have too much depth, and you guys, unfortunately, have to call on that early. Um, this injury to Suarez, what have you heard post-surgery? And if he does miss some time in the regular season, do you see Moustakis filling third base in the meantime? How do you see that playing out? Yeah, good question. Um, so the surgery was yesterday, and I think most of what we will learn will come through the rehab process and how, how he progresses. Uh, they cleaned out uh, some of the damage that had been done to cartilage. Uh, loose cartilage was removed. Um, you know, there was some cleanup work done. 
and you doc could see in there the inflammation. Um, so uh, they put some stem cells in. You know, the idea now is rest it and let it heal itself as soon as possible. Uh, we'll give it a little time before we start, um, you know, baseball activities again. The idea will be in March, we'll really learn how quickly he's progressing back. Um, but if everything goes well, you know, it's, it, there's a reasonable timeline to have him uh, back with us without missing much of the season. But th these are injuries, and, and they are very unpredictable, and they're serious, especially when you involve uh, the throwing arm. And so we will proceed with caution. Um, it is a reminder of why depth is so important, and uh, we do have options. Uh, one of the ones you mentioned is a very reasonable option. I don't think we're at the point where, you know, I was with David today where he's gotten <clears throat> into deep conversations with, with Mike and the other infielders as to where, they, where he thinks they'll most likely play. Um, so, you know, I think that those decisions will be made once we get out to Goodyear and we see how Gino's progressing. But I could, that's a, that's a ready-made solution. You know, Moose has played yeah. third. He's played it at a high level. And he's mixed third there. and second in yeah. one season. We've, we've got multiple Recently. options, uh, you know, at second as well. So I think we'll be well covered there. But, um, you know, no, there is no replacement for having Gino in that lineup. Yeah. We'll just have to deal with it as best we can. Well, when you talk about injuries, and, and obviously Nick Zell had the, the labrum issue, how's that process coming? How's the recovery? Is, is he ready to go? once spring training gets going or is there possibly a timeline there and, and you know might have to wait and see on that well you, you always have to wait and see how these guys come out of the rehab one because they're doing more and more every day every week and they're so you never know when when they're going to reach the limit um but nick so far has progressed uh as well or really better than the timeline suggested initially so that would have him back for the start of the season what i would caution people is you know one of the one of Nick's great assets when fully healthy is that he can play multiple infield positions, multiple outfield positions. He's one of those rare athletes. Coming off injury, though, I think you need to be uh, m very careful about that. You know, you cannot be cavalier about, uh, okay, we're going to ramp up his throwing program. He's going to work on the long throws from the outfield, but we're going to put him at shortstop tomorrow or right. we're going to put him at third tomorrow or, you know, hey, maybe second and back to the outfield. So I think we're going to have – will probably be a little, little bit limited in the flexibility we have with him. Over time, that'll return, and he'll be back to being the guy you can move around. But I don't think we can cavalierly assume that we can just throw him wherever there's an opening sure. uh, this March or April. I think we're going to need to take our time with him, let him kind of ease in at one or two spots, and then take it from there. You guys have been able to spend some money, obviously. Are you done? We never, we never said done, right? That's our <laughs> motto. Can't say done. Um, there are some areas we still uh, have on our checklist to, to do. Um, you know, we're still looking around uh, bullpen options, trade market, and, and uh, free agency. You know, um, I wouldn't rule anything out at this point. We're, 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 getting, we're edging closer to where we think payroll will be when we start well, the season. Well, there was something though, so. circulating on the Internet today that, um, the reason you have all this money to spend is you don't have to pay Marty Brenneman anymore. <laughs> the exorbitant amount you're paying him. Is there any truth to that? I did see that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Must have been paying him a fortune. <laughs> uh, I'm going to hear about that yeah. one. Yeah, you might. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I do want to talk to you about uh, 
something that, that I think is is kind of gone overlooked this offseason. You, you guys have made some changes to the minor league system. Um, not just coaching changes, but it, it seems like you're really trying to, I guess, condense everything and, and make it so that there's a more direct and uniform message that's, that's going down from affiliate to affiliate. Jim and I talked about this last week off the air. We didn't even get into it on the air. But when we have you here, you're the perfect person to talk about that. I mean, that's not an insignificant organizational change, is it? And, and talk about what you've done and, and, and the, the reasoning behind it. Okay, development is the lifeblood of a small market organization. You have to draft and develop these players and get them to the big leagues. And every team talks about alignment and instruction and making sure you're getting the best out of your minor league players. But uh, frankly, you know, making an objective observation after being in this role for a couple of years, we just... Uh, we, I didn't think we were getting there. We didn't think we were getting enough out, out of uh, our development of all these players. And we, we wanted to invest a lot more money in it. We wanted to change out a lot of the personnel and uh, restructure the way um, the feedback loop happens. The players are instructed, the information that they get. And so we have had radical changes. You know, our pitching uh, vertical has changed completely. Our hitting vertical has changed completely. You can't underestimate, uh, you know, how much... Um, had changes happened. In fact, we just started a, a, a brand new department, Health and Performance, that incorporates every player of a player's wellness, injury prevention, return to play protocols. Um, we're trying to do everything we can to give these resources to the players to maximize, um, you know, the guys that we have coming up. Fortunately, our last several first-round picks, Lodolo, you know, Green getting healthy, India, you know, these guys are all on the way up the ladder like we need them to be. Well, it's... Uh, Great stuff, and um, I know those are changes that sometimes when you make those changes to the minor leagues, they take a little longer to see at the big league level, but we'll be seeing those. The fruits of that labor pay off here soon. So, Dick, thanks for stopping by. Really appreciate you taking time. I, you have been a very, very busy man this offseason, so I appreciate I've, it. I've missed you since Caravan. I know. Good to see you again. Good to get reunited. Thanks for having me. You got I'm it. Looking thanks forward for to getting out west. Ladies and gentlemen, President of Baseball Operations, Dick Williams. Got a lot more, including we're going to hear from Nick Castellanos coming up. This is the Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. We're live at the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Giving you a chance to call in and be a part of the show. Call 513-749-7000. 513-749-7000. If you'd like your voice to be heard and have some opinions or questions you'd like to deliver tonight give us a shout the holy grail banks and budweiser are proud sponsors of the reds hot stove league grab your buds for our next show which will be here the holy grail bank on february 5th specials on bud and bud light bus the holy grail banks cincinnati's home for sports also uh we've got a birthday in the house tonight here at the holy grail want to wish a very special birthday to grace herod reds hall of fame volunteer with us tonight happy birthday grace and also, we have a going away party in house tonight. Tyler Wade is leaving us. He has been in the Reds ticketing department, and he's shipping off to Boston. He's going back to where he is from. He's going to go work for the Celtics, Boston native. So, Tyler, enjoy Boston. Great having you, and uh, safe travels. Had a chance to visit with Nick Castellanos earlier this week. His press conference was uh, yesterday, and... Uh, Caught up with him after the press conference, and he had some interesting things to say. We're going to play that for you now. Here is Nick Castellanos and I chatting Reds baseball. We're visiting now with Nick Castellanos, and, and Nick, 
this is uh, this got to be a pretty exciting time for you and and to come to Cincinnati. What was what was this whole process like for you, and what what stood out to you about Cincinnati and coming to the Reds? Um, well, the process obviously is very exciting. You know, it's a huge day for me and my family. And what stood out about coming to the Reds was just the opportunity that we have here to to win. How much are you keeping an eye on everything else that's going on throughout free agency leading up to a deal like this? Um, I, not really, man. Like, uh, in the offseason, I unplug. I'm out of the baseball bubble once the World Series is over. And, um, you know, I would just answer the phone when Scott would call me and have faith that everything is going to work out the way that we want it. As a person, you, you like to get away. What, what, what do you do to unplug? What, what gets you away from the game and, and kind of lets you regroup mentally in an offseason? Uh, hang out with those two over there, you know, uh, with Jess and my son. Just, I don't know, be normal, I guess. You know, uh, I've had the same group of friends uh, since I was, you know, 10 years old. So um, to them, I'm not a baseball player. I'm just Nick, you know, and uh, I like it like that. How important is that? It's got to be, it's got to, in a way, keep you grounded. But at the same time, it, it, it allows you to have another life besides just being a baseball player. Uh, it does, you know, just because I know that uh, just like my friends have jobs, um, playing baseball is my job but it's a job that I love to do and I'm very aware that it's not going to last forever so I just do the best that I can to enjoy it and uh, be the best I can at it when you're when you're looking at situations that might fit you as a player what is important what was important to you you know as you're kind of judging where you may end up and and what situations work um well, the opportunity to win. You know, I've been on both sides of the ball. I've been on a team that is uh, competing. Um, you know, having uh, 25 guys show up to the locker room with, um, you know, with getting a win that day on their mind. And I've also been during the rebuilding process, too, where you have uh, younger, not-so-established guys showing up to the ballpark, no fault to their own, but not to win, more to find out who they are in the big leagues. You know, wanting to stay in the big leagues. Uh, and it's just, it's two different uh, atmospheres to be a part of. And I knew which one I wanted to be a part of. How does that change in a clubhouse, team to team? Teams that win, they obviously have a certain culture. But, but how do you, like you said, you've been, you've been on teams where, where you kind of get over the hump. So how do you bring that to a, to a new situation I guess to, to kind of help a team and, and young guys that maybe necessarily haven't done a lot of winning in the past be, become winning players and people you're asking me how do we do that that's a I mean that's a big question huh I think that's what every organization is trying to do in their own way and I think um, I think the best way I can answer that is to just try and be as genuine as possible for as, as a friend to each one of your teammates so you know you can really build that that friendship bond where you can be real with one another and then once you get to that point you hopefully inspire each other to be better versions of themselves you know and I don't think there's any shortcut to to organically do that you know you just have to put the time in. Nick Castellanos is joining us and Nick uh the ballpark obviously is something that a lot of people look at and it's a hitter friendly place you're a guy that that is a good gap hitter you hit the ball with some authority and when you look at your spray charts a lot of those doubles that maybe you hit in Detroit are out of this ballpark it 
you've got to be aware of that. And, and is that something of an appeal to you? Of course, you know, of course. That, that was obviously something that um, weighed in on my decision. Obviously, um, you know, the chance that this ballpark gives me, uh, gives me the chance for that success. But, you know, like I said earlier, if, if this ballpark was the same, but this team was in a different uh, point where they're not really trying to compete, they're not at a point where they're really competing, the ballpark alone wouldn't be enough to, to bring me here. It's, it's kind of the combination of all of it. It's where the organization is and, as, and the environment that we play in. So, like I said, man, this is, this is where I wanted to be. Uh, how do you... How do you- keep that from getting in your head the ballpark situation a little bit because you, you don't have to do anything extra to get more results but I almost feel like it's human nature to try to do a little more given that the conditions might be a little more friendly here well that's a mental conversation that I've been having with myself since kind of this uh, whole thing went through was don't try to do too much you know like just go out there and be yourself and uh, everything is going to work out exactly how it's 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 supposed to. Is there anybody in this clubhouse, on this team, coaching staff that you've had a, a prior relationship with that, that you knew and you were able to kind of pick their brain and figure out what the situation's like? Over here? Um, well, so Kurt Casale reached out to me earlier in the offseason. Um, I've reached out to Mike Moustakas since this deal went through. I played with Eugenio Suarez in the minor leagues. Um, Trevor Bauer, I faced him a bunch when he was pitching against us in the division. Um, you know, I've had conversations with Joey Votto every time I get on first. I've also listened to him give interviews and stuff, and I can tell there's a lot going on up there that I'm excited to, to pick his brain, you know. And um, Jose Iglesias, too, towards uh, the end of the season when we were playing against each other um, when I was with the Cubs, him raving about how much he liked, he liked uh, his time over here. And I really didn't hear anything negative. All right, Nick, thanks for the time. Certainly appreciate it. Look forward to watching you play. Good luck. Thank you. Right to have Nicholas, uh, Nick Castillo. I'm, I don't know why. I, I'm going to have to get used to saying Nick instead of Nicholas. Yeah, he's back to Nick. He's back to Nick. Went to Nicholas with the Cubs, and then yeah. they ask him, and he's back to Nick. Yeah. So it's Nick Castellanos, but Nicholas just kind of rhymes. Nicholas, not rhymes, but flows. There's a nice flow to it, Nicholas Castellanos. But uh, great, uh, really nice of him to, to give us some time and uh, chat with us a little bit. And we've still got a lot more coming up on the show. Of course, we'll take your phone calls, 513-749-7000. That's the number if you want to call in. Ask us a question. If you're joining us here in-house at the Holy Grail Banks and you have a question for us, come on up. We've got a microphone. You can ask your question live on the air. We'll be happy to answer it. Red season ticket plans now start at just 13 games. The new 13-game membership gives you great seats for all Saturday home games, plus guaranteed opening day and postseason postseason ticket options and with the flexibility of the season ticket exchange program if you can't make a saturday you can trade for another game for additional information visit reds.com slash membership jim and i will be back in a moment from the holy grail banks this is the reds hot stove league show presented by budweiser and udf we are back live at the holy grail banks it's the Reds Hot Stove League presented by Budweiser and UDF. The Reds Hall of Fame and Museum presented by Dinsmore and the Moorline Lager House have teamed up for the second annual Brunch, Brews, and Baseball. It's held Sunday through March 15th 
The two-hour experience starts at the Lager House for brunch and includes a flight of their award-winning beers, then heads to the ballpark for a tour that includes a stop in the Reds Clubhouse and more for tickets and additional information. Visit RedsMuseum.org. Brunch and baseball, those are a couple of things I can get on board with. If you've got uh, comments for the Reds Hot Stove, give us a call, or if you have a question, we will gladly answer it to the best of our limited ability. Call in at 513-749-7000, 513-749-7000, or if you're with us here at the Grail, come on up, ask us your question live in person. Um, Jim, we've obviously been talking a little bit about the Castiano deal today, which is certainly exciting, um, and it, it begs the question, uh, with the Suarez news coming out yesterday, the surgery, he might not be ready for opening day. You talked to Dick Williams about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Does moving Moustakis, does that concern you if you move him over to third base? No, no he did it last year. No, constantly, right? Play, I, mean, I mean, third base has been his predominant position. Second base is more iffy than third base right. at this point. So, no, no, that doesn't concern me at all. I think you have, I mean, you have options either way. You have more I would think you would have more options from guys that would play second base more than you would have third filling right. in third base. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, even the divvying up the playing time, if the if we go to spring training with the club as is, we don't know if Nick Senzel is going to be right. healthy and ready either. So these things tend to work themselves out. But it's going to be interesting who makes up the squad. I mean, yeah. it, not only the playing time, but who – is on your bench and you're going to if you've got guys that are healthy you're going to have a strong bench i mean any given day you're going to have winker sinzel chogo castellanos although i would think they would play castellanos uh, yeah, yeah you don't give a contract like that if but he's you're going to have play. a winker sinzel chogo on your bench any given day um you have josh van meter that has been very versatile Philip Irvin has been a good bench player. Travis Jankowski they picked yep. up. He's got some major league and experience. He, part of that deal was for depth purposes. Yeah, yeah I would think that uh, Kyle Farmer, because of his versatility and giving you a third catcher, would be a lock for the bench. We'll see. Well, especially uh, in the infield. You're going to need Yeah. He can play anywhere on the infield in addition to catch. Hey, he handled himself well at shortstop last yeah, spring training last year. Um, you're going to have your backup catcher. So, and now you have a 26-man roster. And let's not forget, you know, people are saying, oh, you got too many players. You can never have too no. many players. Plus, the DH could be looming for the National League in the next few years. We don't know. And you obviously are going to need to be set up for that. So you can't have too many players. These people are all of a sudden complaining that, oh, my gosh, we got too many players. No. That is not a there. There's How are we going to give no up, such thing? Divvy up this playing time in the outfield. Well, clubs have done it. <laughs> We've seen recently the Cubs had a log jam in the outfield, and they worked that out. Yeah. Having more talent than not is a good problem. Man. It is a good situation. And don't forget about Aristides Aquino and all this. I know it was two months, but yeah. well, it was really one really good month. Uh, but there's enough yeah, there to pique him. your interest. I mean, there's enough oh, no there doubt. to really. The only thing that will work against him is he has an option. He that does. You can send him and stockpile him at AAA. So we'll see a lot. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens in the spring. It's a different game of baseball now. Let's face it. There's not going to be a starting eight anymore. That you just, It's going to be very few occasions where right. a team has a starting eight, and that's your eight every day. Well, with I, with the, the, the switches and 
all the percentages, playing the percentages, the Saber metrics. I mean, Jesse Winker might not face a left-handed pitcher this year. Very rarely. Oh, yeah. Well, it just gives you the, the luxury to really dive in on some true matchups. I yeah. mean, you can really match yeah. up almost given what a pitcher throws, his repertoire with guys in the lineup. Yeah. Which it's just a different game, so is. you better have a versatile roster. Yeah. It, it, and they have that right now, which yeah. is a, a great luxury. We'll wrap it up. Give us a call, 513-749-7000. Still time to get a phone call in or two. We'll wrap up the Reds Hot Stove League from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF when we return. Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League. We are live at the Holy Grail Banks, wrapping things up today. As always, we're presented by Budweiser and UDF. Jim Day, Tommy Thrall. Th- Jim, th- this is... Uh, this is our last show together of the hot stove season. Are you celebrating? No. Oh. It Th- is. Thom's in the next couple times. Thom next, Brenahan? Yeah, Thom Brenahan. Yep. He'll be here the next couple of weeks. Of course, uh, I got important one. things to do. You do? I do. When are you going to Arizona? The 10th. Oh. We're jumping the gun. It's terrible. They, in the middle of winter that they send me... <laughs> there. I know. You're we terrible. It's going to be nice and toasty there. And uh, I'm sure you'll be hating Someone's got to do it. I know. Tough gig. Uh, of course, the next show is the 5th. That's next Wednesday. Same place. Uh, registration is now open, by the way, for the College Advantage Red Legs run on Saturday, May 30th. Sign up today for the 10K, 5K, one-mile family run. That's your, more, your speed. Or Gapper's Kids Fun Run. All proceeds benefit the Reds Community Fund. Register today. At reds.com slash run. Uh, we heard uh, Dick talk a little bit about the uh, how much they've revamped the minor league system. I know that's something that you're pretty big on. We haven't talked about it too huge, much. Huge, John. That is huge. That is a big deal. I can't tell you the amount of times over the years where a player made it to the major leagues and they said they told me one thing at a, in A-ball, they told me something else at double-A, told me something else at triple-A, and now they're trying to get me to do this. My head is swimming. I right. don't know what to do. And they need one message. They're rewriting the blueprint, if you will, the the organizational uh, message, one message throughout the minor leagues. And I've harped on this forever, and they say that the, this is going to be a priority, is to win as a team. Right. They were more about developing individuals, and an individual will get playing time when he maybe shouldn't at that level. They have a better chance with another guy to win a game. A lot of these players get to the major leagues, and they haven't won in the minor league system. So when it's crunch time in a game, they don't know how to grind it out and win. It's a lot different. So you grind it out and win. win. And you look at the winning organizations, they have a lot of teams that make the minor league playoffs. Yeah. So an emphasis on winning in the minor leagues and one message. That'll be great. And I think that's what they're on the right track. Jimmy, we're going to drag you to some more stoves out in Arizona. I promise you. He's Jim Day. Big thanks to Dick Williams for stopping by uh, as well. Also to Nick Castellanos. Uh, Big thanks to Mike Mills, our engineer on site, and the sheriff back in the studio. I'm Tommy Thrall. Thanks for joining us on the Reds Hot Stove. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. 
Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.